Welcome to the sermon webcast of Good News Lutheran Church of Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. The following sermon was preached by Pastor Dan Schrader on August 30th, 2015, on the basis of Luke chapter 13, verses 22 through 30. I want to share with you uh, the story about Karina. Karina was a member of mine back in San Diego. In fifth grade, her cousins and aunt and uncle started bringing her to Sunday school. Karina hadn't been going to church at all, but heard about her cousins going to Sunday school and how excited the cousins were about Sunday school, so they invited her to come along, and each Sunday, the aunt and uncle came with the two daughters and picked up their cousin Karina and brought her to church and Sunday school. And this went on for about, oh, a year or so. And then all of a sudden, Karina's mom started coming, along with her little sister, Joni. And they started coming every Sunday, too, as well. And as we progressed through the months, then Karina's mom, Christina, said, I'd like to become a member of this church. I'd like to take the classes that you have. Here at Good News, you call them first page, I believe it is. It's a th- page one, sorry. Page one. Page one. And these classes, and she started taking the classes. Karina was in confirmation class, began in t- taking those classes as well. Regularly there, every Sunday, all the time. And then Karina's older sister came. And she was about a junior in high school. And she too came, started coming to church. And then one Sunday, we had a baptism of all three girls. Karina, her older sister Ariana, and the little sister Joni. Mom had gone through the classes, become a member. Ariana now said, I'd like to do that too. And she ended up going through all the classes, answering beautifully the questions that were there. As, we, as I asked her questions about what does the Bible say here, answered so beautifully back to me, this is what the Bible says. And you look at that story and you see, wow, God works, doesn't he? Amazing how the Word of God works taking from somebody being invited to Sunday school and how it impacted a family. One thing I should tell you, too, is the father, Brian, never set foot in church. Wouldn't come, had no interest whatsoever. So you can kind of see the home life a little bit of what's been going on there. No church by any of the parents, and then now mom starts to come and the kids. An amazing thing, God's word works. And you look at that story and you think, wow, that's wonderful, but... Really, on the grand scheme of things, about 3 million people in San Diego, that's pretty small, isn't it? And even our church there in San Diego that I was at, we had maybe 75 people on a Sunday there. And you could probably say that maybe 20 to 25% of people in San Diego area were actually going to church regularly. A lot of distractions, beautiful weather, a lot of activities. But they weren't there in worship, disconnected from God. Even in your own town of Mount Horeb, maybe 25% are actually in worship when you look at the attendance of all the churches and how many people are actually living in Mount Horeb. And doesn't that raise the question for us, are only a few going to be saved? This seems so difficult, doesn't it? Are only a few people going to be saved, Jesus? That's the question that was posed to Jesus as he and his disciples were making their way to Jerusalem. Are only a few 
going to be saved. We don't know who said that, who asked it. We could easily put ourselves in those words and say, I'd like to ask that question too. Are only a few going to be there? Well, as we look at our lesson today, Jesus has a response to that. He says, make every effort to enter through the narrow door. Now, doesn't that strike you as a little strange? Jesus, are only a few people going to be saved? Yes, no? Make every effort to enter through the narrow door. (laughs) What is that answer? That's very much a politician-type answer, isn't it? Maybe you've seen some of all the political things going on now, and a politician is asked a question, and they dance around and walk around it, and they'll take you down this path and that path, and then by the time they finally get around to saying something, you go, what was the question that you, we asked you originally? That I don't remember now. Would Jesus have made a wonderful politician just kind of dodging the issue? Is that what he's doing? Sidestepping and saying, I won't answer that. No. He's answering the question in a way that brings it back to the person. He's got a wonderful way of doing that, and you see examples of him doing that throughout the scriptures. For, for example, he said, what do people, who do people say I am? And they started rattling off all these different people. Some say, uh, Isaiah, Jeremiah, John the Baptist, the great prophets. You're one of them. Come back from the dead. But then he turns around and he says, what? But what about you? Who do you say I am? And in our lesson today, he does just that. He said, don't worry about, are only a few going to be saved? The question he comes back to us is, are you going to be saved? That's the bigger question. Are you going to be the one who is saved? Jump back to our story with Karina's family. Let's get a little bit of an update about them. As I mentioned, wonderful things happening with that family. Ariana, the high schooler, was taking the classes. I said, beautifully answer those questions. Beautifully presented statements of faith. We get to the very last lesson. Beautifully answers. Beautifully answers about these questions about what does the Bible say? profession of faith and I say would you like to become a member of our church and after seeing all this and you've answered so beautifully all these questions and you, you obviously are showing that would you like to become a member of our church no said, oh really why is that because I can't believe that this God that we talk about would actually condemn somebody to hell like my dad Just because he isn't a believer, I can't believe that he would send him to hell. He's a good person. What was she running up against there? The problem of how is it that you are actually rescued, aren't you? Saved. And let's look at that little word there for a moment, saved. The little word means a rescue that takes place. You think about the person drowning in the, in the ocean and the boat's right there. What does somebody do? They throw them the life preserver and they grab onto it and they pick them up out of the water and they put them on the safe place of the deck. They're rescued. That's the picture of saved. And saved from what? Well, God gives a wonderful description for us in our 
first lesson today from Isaiah, chapter 66. He describes hell for us in those vivid terms. Remember what he said there? He said, And they will go out and look upon the dead bodies of those who rebelled against me. The worms will not die, and the fire that was and the fire will not be the worm that will not be quenched, and they will be loathsome to all mankind. He describes it for us and says, This worm that will never die, hell itself, this fire that will never be quenched. Why do people end up there? What is the reason for it? Because sin attached to them, and God says, That's what happens with sin damnation, hell. And he makes it very vivid and says, that's what sin leads to, doesn't it? That's what my sins lead me to have to experience. A worm that never dies. Not maggots that eventually die off of that bad piece of meat, but a worm that keeps eating away and eating away and a torture and torment that never stops. And I need a rescue from it. And that's where Jesus comes in and does exactly what we need him to do. And he rescues. He brings his perfection into the world and he says, and this now belongs to you. And he goes to that cross and with outstretched arms and the weight of the sins of the world upon him, he says, and I bear this load upon me so that you never have to experience that worm that never dies. And then he beats death down into submission, conquers the devil and does away with sin and whisks it all away out of the sight of the presence of God and it's gone and removed and he's rescued us. But you notice what he says about himself. That door to get into heaven, there's only one way. It's only through him. Ariana didn't want to hear that message. It was only through Jesus. My sinful pride doesn't want to hear that message. It's only through Jesus. And yet, when we look at all other solutions out there, we find they all come up short. They all fail. Every amount of strength and sweat and tears that I try to bring to that table and to that effort are all going to come up empty, lost, and condemned. When we listen to Jesus this morning, he says, I want to turn this back on you. Are you one who's going to be rescued? And then he brings it a little bit more home to me, and he says, and it's only through me that this is going to happen to you. Jump back into Karina's life again. Karina, the one who started it all off, the fifth grader coming to Sunday school. Where are they today? Well, Ariana, I told you about. Wanted nothing to do with it. She stopped coming after that. She was there regularly, and then she stopped. Went off to college. From what I heard last, has no connection to any church whatsoever. Christina, the mom, faithfully comes every Sunday with little Joni in tow. There they are, sitting off in the back left, as they always do. And Karina, 
The one who started all off? Nowhere to be found in worship. Not there. Stopped coming and even has blatantly said, I don't believe any of this at all. That's kind of a sad story, Pastor. Wait a second. Isn't this supposed to end on a happy ending? That they all came to worship and they all came and they are all rescued and saved and they're all going to heaven. That isn't always reality, is it? That doesn't happen with every family, with every person who's brought to the faith. It goes back to the theme of our service day, doesn't it? Here were these outsiders who got in. But what happened over time with some of them? The connection to Jesus was lost, and those insiders now seem to be out. Humanly speaking, looking outwardly, I can't read hearts, but they seem to be out. And what Jesus shows us here, it kind of ties right into now leading into what Jesus talks about in our lesson today. He tells a parable. He describes himself as the owner of this house who's holding a great banquet, a lavish feast, inviting these people to come to this banquet, enjoy this celebration. And some come, and they're there. And then finally the time comes, the doors are shut. No one else is coming into the banquet. And you almost picture the people pounding on the door, Sir, let us in. Jesus, let us in. I don't know you. I don't know where you come from. But Jesus, you were, you were here. You walked in our streets of Galilee. You were here, Jesus. You were the one who performed those miracles. Yes, you did that. You were preaching and teaching, and I heard those words, Jesus. And look at, look at all these churches that are worshiping you, Jesus. You were here. I don't know you. Away from me. What was the problem? There was no connection to Jesus finally when the door shut. He wasn't connected. They weren't connected to him. Can't you see some of the same words being spoken in our own country? On the day Jesus comes, Jesus. Now, yes, I know. Now, Jesus, you remember me? I don't know you. No spiritual connection to him. But Jesus, look at our country. Look at all the churches that we have around this country. We are a religious nation, Jesus. And look at our money. In God we trust. And Jesus, and when they tried to get rid of God out of the Pledge of Allegiance, one nation under God, I said over my dead body. Doesn't that count for something? I don't know you. Away from me. What's missing? The repentant heart that turns away from sin and turns toward him. Finally, when the door is shut, the time is short, isn't it? He's coming. My heart needs to be ready. He's brought me as an outsider and he's brought me in. I need to be connected to him. What a wonderful opportunity you have coming up in a couple weeks when you start and kick off your Sunday school program and Bible studies on Sunday. Coming to sit at the feet of Jesus where you get to be nourished and fed that baptismal faith that was planted in you by the Holy Spirit now gets to grow and be strengthened. To make sure that you and I get to stay in with him.
Never an outsider, but now in. Not to be pulled away, but in. And you look at this lesson today, and it somewhat seems depressing a little bit, doesn't it? <laughs> wow, only a few going to be saved? Door is narrow. Oh, time is short. It's coming soon. But don't miss the wonderful things we have in this lesson of why Jesus tells us this. He sees what's going to pull you away from him, doesn't he? He knows what's going to grab you and try to get your attention and your faith off of him. He knows that it's easy to become distracted with so many other things and so many others that are aiming their arrows and their missiles at your heart and your faith to try to destroy it and remove it. And he takes this warning to us today and says, remember this. Remember these things that he brings out to us. Boy, does he have a personal attachment to us, doesn't he? I don't want you to think about, are only a few going to be saved? What about you? I'm concerned about you and your faith, he says. And the one part that we kind of glossed over real quickly is really key here as we began this lesson. Did you notice where he was going? He was on his way to Jerusalem. That's big. He's on his way to rescue. The beautifully perfect, innocent, holy, spotlessly clean life of our Savior was now making its way to Jerusalem where with outstretched arms on a hill, all the times that I've tried to fight against him and be an outsider because I was distracted and thought it was even better, for all the times that I so arrogantly thought it was me as to why he's keeping me here, something I can do to do it, all those were upon him as he went to Jerusalem. And you know the story, how he didn't stay dead in the grave, but again, out of that tomb, bursts forth and conquers, victorious. Death done, sin finished, Satan sent away, defeated. And as we see him in these words to us today, he tells us specifically and reminds us specifically, and be prepared. Be ready. I want you to be ready. Because after all, as we look at Jesus, he says, are only a few going to be saved, he's asked? Relatively speaking, yes. But brothers and sisters, you who are gathered here through God's Spirit, working in faith in your heart, are only a few going to be saved? Yes, relatively few. But you are here with him. And your place through your Jesus, connected to him as you are, an outsider brought in, are awaiting a feast and a banquet with Abraham, Isaac, the prophets. And your name is on one of those chairs. Look forward to that celebration. Amen. For more information about Good News Lutheran Church, visit www.goodnewslc.org.